It's that time. The Sports Talker, presented by Allen Electric. Played in short on the ground. Quick shot. Go! On the whistle, Holiday will strike. Sending it long again. The flick from John Stan loose. Attacking now with numbers in white. Krieger setting in and tenant for Morgan. Holiday, go! 3-0 US! Lloyd with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper! Off the post and in! Hat trick for Lloyd! Here's TJ Walker. You're enjoying this Monday as you did all weekend. It was a patriotic weekend with uh, 4th of July, obviously. Hopefully everybody had a safe and and fun holiday. Uh, But there was also some games which uh, your patriotism was... uh, where you're able to showcase that, and we had that on uh, with a, a, a men's soccer friendly, but that's not what everybody's going to be talking about, and rightfully so, because the women's World Cup team wins their first World Cup since 1999, the first country on the women's side to win three World Cups in a blowout of a game against Japan. What a win it was yesterday up in Vancouver in Canada, a stadium just filled uh, to the brim with United States fans, and uh, it they didn't take long to to get the scoring started. First goal came in the third minute. Uh, by they had four and in, in no time. Uh, so what an exciting game! And Trevor, I know you're not a big soccer guy, uh, but I know that you did watch that one last night. What what'd you make of it? Uh, I I guess apparently the apocalypse is here because I planned my entire Sunday around being at home by seven o'clock to watch women's soccer. Can you add that to the list of things I never thought I'd say, like, can I have a salad? Or, sure, I'd like to run a mile. I mean, these are things I never thought I'd hear in my lifetime. So you uh, so you are you're converting a little bit, aren't you? I wouldn't go as far as I say, say converting. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not going to run home and, and plan my day around a friendly or around, you know, a, maybe a, uh, a, a lower-level uh game in the in the women's world cup but uh it was it got i was glad i got home in time because if i'd been five minutes late i would the game would have been over and i would have been very yeah. disappointed i didn't watch well, as much of the second half though because i knew the game was over yeah they had four goals by the 14th minute and that's here's the thing is is i i went up to i went up to saints where i've done a show up there before and uh, ran into Yates, which was really exciting and, and good to see him. Uh, he was with his wife and a few friends. They were watching on the other end of the of the bar than I uh, that I was. But we said hello, and it, I, I did tell Yates before the match that I thought the United States was going to uh, to beat them pretty badly. And uh, well, a little side note: I'm watching I'm watching this NBA TV game, or it's it's on. I'm not watching it obviously because I'm doing radio. And it has Marcus Teague and Dakari Johnson playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, and then Peyton Siva shows up for, for Orlando. I had forgotten that he was on their team. Uh, so, was, that, was that like a backhanded compliment there a little bit? 
No, really, I, I, I like Peyton Siva. It was not. I, I just had forgotten that he was on Orlando's summer team. The way you said it, you're like, oh, I forgot. He actually was in the NBA in some way. I forgot he made it. I thought he was in somewhere in, in the third in the third biggest village in Turkey playing basketball. Well, I had, I had forgotten that he where he went after he was traded. Uh, I guess from from Detroit. Traded so, at least. It's, it's sort of what you want to look at it. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I, I like Peyton Steve a lot. Some of my best friends are best friends with, with him. So we've actually gone out to, uh, to dinner a few times. Not that he would ever know who I was or even remember me, but, uh, he's always been friendly despite, you know, having a national championship. A lot of people that can, that can go to their heads, but, uh, he's one of the, he's one of the good Louisville players, one of the good Louisville guys too. Uh, they have a, they, they have a, a, a child together, him and his, his wife and, um, it's a, it's a nice little family. So I want him to, to do well as he just turned the ball over, uh, but that's okay. But anyway, so I saw Yates at, at Saint was, uh, enjoying the, the women's soccer game, but honestly, Trevor, for, for people like you, I'm curious what, what's better that where it was just a blowout and a, a plethora of goals in the first few minutes, uh, or would it be, would you want to see a close game coming down to the to the final few minutes, or maybe even go to overtime? Because as me as a soccer fan, obviously I wanted the United States to win, but I can tell you, it, ranking the the games, the soccer matches I've watched, especially with a large crowd, which makes the atmosphere a lot better, that was probably honestly towards the bottom because it wasn't as exciting because the game was really decided in the first fourteen minutes. So that, that's one of the bad things about soccer, where every goal matters. But when you get four goals in such a short time frame, the game's put away. So I, I know you watched, I think, a little bit of the Germany match, the semifinal one for the United States, and you watched, uh, obviously, the one yesterday. Which one was more entertaining to you? Which one did you enjoy watching more? Uh, if for the novice fan, I would probably say more often than not, a novice fan would probably go with what you saw yesterday where the, with the, the four goals in 16 minutes. By the way, it only took 16 minutes to double the uh, record for most goals scored in a women's World Cup final. That's how dominant that game was for the USA yesterday, and of course they ended up scoring five. But I, I, novice fan would normally go with that one, I think, because if you're a novice fan, you probably are a novice fan because you do not enjoy sitting through what is almost like watching a human chess match in terms of soccer, where it's just slowly building, putting pieces to, in, in the right place, kind of like the spaceships on Independence Day, which I watched four times on Saturday thanks to AMC. Uh, it's. It, I would think they would go with that. Me, I though, even though I'm a novice fan, I enjoyed that yesterday. I kind of enjoyed seeing the the quick goals, especially the fourth one, which was the, probably the most entertaining, which made me almost giggle at being a, a fan of the team that scored it. But I actually liked more like the Germany a, a two one or one nil or uh, games like that where it's just you getting down to the wire. I love the the, the feeling of being down to the nitty gritty, so to speak, and. And wondering, you know, just you're on, on bated breath, waiting for that, that one goal to come in, like Michael Bradley. I'm sorry, Michael Bradley, but like Landon Donovan doing that we played from 2010. That that to me would have been more a more enjoyable. I enjoy that more, but I'm not going to turn down four goals in 16 minutes and an utter domination in the first 20 minutes of a game. Yeah, I I, I kind of wish. If not to be picky, but you wish you could have maybe the blowout game in the semifinals and then dramatically win the World Cup championship. Uh, that I think would be the ultimate entertaining. But the numbers, the TV numbers for the game last night um, are just going to be insane. I don't know if they've officially come out yet. I know they've had some some overnight ones which aren't aren't official, but uh, they're the, it's going to be huge. And 
I'm excited that that soccer and, and people, even like you, Trevor, who's somebody that you know probably a year or maybe two years ago would have never even uh, turned on a soccer match, is now planning around one. And I, I know you're not like you said, you're probably not going to start watching friendlies or anything like that. Uh, but it's starting to it's starting to steamroll just a little bit. And I remember having this conversation last year that you had to keep the World Cup momentum alive and, and going well which the United States playing in the group of death last year in the World Cup able to advance to the knockout stage and losing a heartbreaker to Belgium we had to keep that momentum going and we did that as a country into the women's World Cup but now comes the the more difficult one the more difficult part of now you've got a two-year break before the uh, two two more summers until the next World Cup so We'll see if we can keep it going, but uh, I think it's likely here to stay. Uh, momentum might diminish a bit each summer and each summer, but once you get back to World Cup qualifying games and, and, and certainly the World Cup when it does come around in 2018, um, I, I think you're going to see TV numbers never never even imagined for watching soccer here in the United States. For, for and, TV numbers yesterday, I would have liked to see those all those goals happen in the last 16 minutes. That way, I guarantee you, I'm not the only one. Now, nah, I left it on. I just kind of used it as white noise at that point in the second half because I knew the game was over and I was doing stuff online instead and kind of messing around the house with it, listening to it for the rest of the time instead of how it would be normally if it was a one-nil game or a, you know one 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 or even two-goal game where I'd be on you know watching it probably chain smoking a little bit and getting into it. But I, so I'm assuming a lot of people probably did like me and kind of either walked away from the TV in the second half knowing the game was over, even maybe even turned it off and changed the channel. So I'm, I'm, unfortunately that might have affected the ratings a little bit. And you act as if that this America is some kind of ADD society that's going to forget about soccer, how much we were in love with it just this summer and, and during the last World Cup in two years. You think we'll forget about how much we were into soccer in two years? No, not not America. Not America doesn't forget things like that. It's not like it's a, a country built on burnouts. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it'll be fun and and if for for the casual soccer fan that enjoyed the women's world cup uh that that likes watching men's soccer as well liked watching the men's soccer last year in the world cup uh we it's not it's not necessarily over because the gold cup starts on tuesday for the united states and that's a pretty important tournament it's basically uh the the tournament to decide the best team in, in north and central america um so it the United States will be playing against teams that they play all the time because of World Cup uh, qualifying and, and what they call CONFACAF, uh, which is a very long abbreviation. It's, uh, I think, the continent of North Central America, something, something, something. Hey, I know I know that term thanks to the FIFA video game. So, uh, so that starts on Tuesday with the United States playing Honduras. Uh, so that could be an exciting little... Uh, that, that that could kind of carry you an extra few months or extra few weeks, rather not months, um, for for your soccer interest. And no, as no, always, no, it won't. TJ, come on, dude, you know it won't. Why not? It's not. It's not anybody. It's not an actual soccer fan has no idea. I didn't even know this thing was coming up Tuesday until five seconds ago when you mentioned it. I, and I probably wouldn't have real if you hadn't mentioned it. It would have probably been if you hadn't if you'd brought it up Wednesday show. Then I would have that would have been the first time I'd heard of it then. It's if you're not if you're if you're anything uh, above being a a soccer fan, it, if there's any other words describing your ability and joy for watching soccer other than just soccer fan, casual, sometimes partial, 
any of those, you're not paying. You have no. You're not going to be. You you don't know about this coming up. And you and if you do, you're in a, and you may have know about it in the back of your mind or know of it. But you don't know when it's going to happen. And you don't know. You don't know when to get home and watch it. Well, I'm not saying that this uh, people have their. Uh, the average fan has their calendar circled for the Gold Cup and have been counting it down for years since the last one. But I, I and so your your point is right there, Trevor. But I guarantee you, as this Gold Cup continues, you're going to watch some of these matches because we're going to talk about it here. It's going to get some momentum. It's going to get some buzz. Uh, once it gets to the knockout stage, there, there's going to be a group stage, and and that will move fairly quickly. And then it goes to the knockout stage. You're going to watch those matches. You know you are. And all the games are taking place in America. There's going to be very pro-USA uh, crowds, very patriotic crowds. Uh, it, it will it'll generate a buzz. It will. It, it absolutely will. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I will be willing to bet that outside of soccer fans, no one, no one's going, no one's going to pay. I mean, I might, I might catch and like try to see if the U. Well, how the USA did, but even that, I'm probably not going to make it time in my day or effort to. Try to make sure I'm in front of the TV to watch it. Of course, since then I don't even know what time it is on Tuesday. It's probably a good start of why I won't be doing that. And if you're wondering what else the Gold Cup does, so it's a tournament between the North American and Central American teams. Um, you have to qualify for it. I, I think they have probably maybe twelve uh, or sixteen teams. I, I would guess maybe. Um, and the winner of the of the Gold Cup. Gets invited to the Confederations Cup, which will take place always. The Confederations Cup always takes place the year before the World Cup, um, and but this is there's a little bit of a hiccup here because the Gold Cups, and when they played it, it didn't match up with the automatic bids for the Confederations Cup. So it, if another team, another country wins this year Gold Cup in 2013, the United States won the Gold Cup. Um, and, and they're going to have to play against one another for that bid. So the United States will automatically get a match to go to the Confederations Cup, uh, but if they're able to win this this year's Gold Cup, then they bypass that playoff game and automatically go because of some scheduling hiccups uh, and a change in, in the years that they're that they're going to do it. So that's, uh, that's good news for, for America, and only eight teams make the Confederations Cup, so... It's uh, it's a really, it's a small but very interesting tournament that they play, and uh, I think it was before the South, the the World Cup in South America, or not South America, South Africa, excuse me, um, back in when was that, Trevor? Two thousand ten. Was that the uh, annoying buzzing sound, people? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. the, so the so the the two thousand. So the 2009 Confederations Cup, that's the one where the United States did really well and I think ended up going to the championship game, which is pretty, uh, which, which is no easy task whatsoever to do that. I, I think they beat, they beat Spain along the way and then lost to Brazil in the championship, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the Gold Cup's important because it can lead to all this stuff. And, and if you can have a good showing the Confederations Cup, Trevor, that gives you momentum heading into the World Cup. So... So get excited! I, I'm about pumped, it, man. Can't get you pumped. tell? Can't you tell how excited I am? I'm in here that doing happens, jumping uh, jacks right now. It takes place tomorrow uh, to to kind of round up your soccer update. Which I mean, look at us, Trevor. We're we're starting the show with soccer. Oh, I mean, it's, tom- it's tomorrow. Oh crap! Tomorrow's WWE tough enough. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it. <laughs> no, it's not till nine. What time is uh, WWE? 
Well, eight to nine. That's perfect. I can do my. I can. I can do my vote. I can watch my who gets eliminated, and I turn on soccer. Uh, and and look at us. We're starting our show talking soccer, spending the majority of our uh, the first segment here leading with soccer, which is it's awesome for me. And and I'm not like a I'm not like a soccer lifer. I, Trevor, at one point I was just like you, didn't really care for it, wasn't interested in it, and uh, it really does grow on you if it gives you the time. Louisville City FC, Trevor, they 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 picked up a huge win over the weekend. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to it. Just one of I think now two home game matches that I've missed. Uh, they got a big win, so they're in third place in in the conference. And uh, things are things are really looking looking good for soccer, not only in in the United States but also in this uh, the city of Louisville. You're there ahead, wasn't you're ahead of me, by the way. I think I was like two, I think I was twenty five. Was it? Was the World Cup in two thousand five? In my, in my, no, two or two thousand six? I guess maybe it was two thousand six in Germany. Two thousand, I think that was the one. No, which one was the one that you had to be up at like four in the morning to watch? That was two thousand two, I guess. Two thousand two, I forget where that one took place or, at. Or, or was that the one in Japan? Uh, yes, South, and you had to, you had to wake up at like seven in the morning to watch the games. <clears throat> six in yeah. the morning to watch. That was the first World Cup I got into, and that was, of course, I was I had a roommate who was. Huge in soccer, he still is, and I think it's one of the reasons why. Of course, I was still probably up at the time. I didn't actually wake up at six in the morning, but I still happened to be up and in the right mood to probably watch something. And then I got, I got that's the first time I actually got into soccer. So I was, I was, I guess, about your age, 22, 23, when I first started getting into soccer myself. Yeah, it's, uh, it, well, it had, it didn't grow on you maybe as quickly as. No, no, I was still uh, World Cup only until probably 2009 is when, or 2000, the, 2010 World Cup is when I started getting into more of the outside FIFA stuff. But that was because I was working at also work, uh, working at a country club right before that that uh, had nothing but uh, Russians and uh, and uh, non-Americans in the kitchen that were obsessed with soccer. And I had to hear about Chelsea and and all the other feet and some of the other uh, Manchester United and all those clubs 24/7 from them arguing. And uh, Clavy116 texts in the show and says, do you have any proof of this soccer momentum besides small sample size of yourself and your soccer friends? Uh, is there any proof outside of this biased bubble? After every World Cup, I tell myself I would pay attention but never do till the next World Cup uh, in terms of kind of gaining soccer interest. Well, you the, the sample that we do have, Clavy116, is you had last year's World Cup and it was watched, it was, I think, the, the most watched World Cup in America uh, ever. And then this year's Women's World Cup, those numbers are probably going to break last year's Men's World Cup. And, and it's no surprise that, obviously, men's soccer is a bit more popular than women's, but now you're going to have the benchmark set at women's soccer. So, obviously, the the people are picking up on it. People are It's growing. People are more interested. They're watching. Uh, so that's that's the proof for it. And it's being talked about more. Obviously, we're talking about it first on the first segment here in my show. The United States win over Japan yesterday, just an annihilation. I I don't know if you're ever going to see a beat down like that in any World Cup tournament game uh, in in women's soccer. I I guess it, you know, 5 2 only ends up being a three goal differential, but. uh, That score was was a lot worse than it than it should have been. Than it should have been, but. They're, I mean, the the writing's on the wall. Clayby one sixteen. More more and more people are talking about it. It's leading radio shows. Uh, it's it's leading news segments. You're more people are writing about it. 
Um, I, I would love to see the Twitter numbers last night, Trevor, on, on how many people were tweeting about that because Twitter is a good indication of what people are doing, what people are watching, what's important at that time. And I, I would love to see the Twitter numbers on that because I'm sure it was right up there maybe with some Super Bowls. Uh, so, and we're getting numbers now. U.S. Japan Women's World Cup final peaked at 30.9 million viewers between 8:30 and 8:45 p.m. Now, I don't think that's just in Why America. Why 8:30 to 8:45? That was when it was based. That was second half. Um, I, it's a good question. The match started at seven. I guess people wanted to see the end, maybe the I, final, I, the final the horn, the final call, which was not the most dramatic, but yet, I mean, which of course because it was a game was over twenty minutes before that. And Clay kind of answers his own question. I mean, I, I, I here's a question to him: You say you only watch World Cup, the World Cup, and then you lose interest and you watch World Cup again. But each World Cup, do you watch more of each World Cup? Kind of like I've noticed, I do that as more each World Cup since the first one. I remember really, I remember watching World Cups before two thousand two, but the two thousand two one's the one first one I really got into. I mean, do you watch more each year? Because if so, it's a slow progress, but it's still progress nonetheless. Yeah, and also, furthermore, as I, 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 I'm sure Clay B116 isn't wrong in saying that there's a lot of people that watch the World Cup, enjoy it, tell themselves they're going to watch more soccer, they end up not doing it, and then the next World Cup comes around and they're back watching it again. And, and Trevor, like you said, I'm sure a lot of those people maybe watch a little bit more of the World Cup, but it's a domino effect where, okay, maybe the next World Cup, Clay B116, you say you're going to watch more of it, and you actually do, and then it carries on where, okay, well, maybe I am going to follow it a little bit more the year after. So not everybody thinks along your line of thinking. There are probably people similar to you, but there's also people uh, like myself from years and years ago that it carries on and keeps watching, and, and I know a lot of other people are in that same boat as me, so... It is growing, and, and like I said, just look at the numbers. I mean, that's all you have to see to 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 answer that own question: is what? How do we know this momentum's going to carry? Um, it's just you know, I think it's pretty clear it's going to. Uh, there was an interesting article from the Courier Journal on Louisville City FC, Trevor, uh, that we didn't get time to talk about about how they're they're losing a lot of money each home match. Now it's not. It's not it's not actual money that they're losing out of their pocket, but it's money that they could be gaining because I had not known this, but they don't get any concession money from Louisville Slugger Field. They don't get any money for advertising besides what they can put on the actual field, which if you've been to a match, there's these little pop-up advertising and they're not big. Um, so And they have to pay Louisville Slugger $5,000 each home match. So they estimate that uh, that could be an additional twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars that they're missing out on. That surprise you? Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. I guess it surprised me they would probably accept a deal like that. But also, on the other hand, they were probably not, options were not probably very good. I mean they they didn't have much. No, it, they didn't it, have well, much debate. Didn't much the leverage in the debates with Louisville Slugger. Now, if you could say Louisville Slugger could be maybe nicer. And, Give them a little bit better a deal, but why would you do that if you're a little slugger? They're using your facilities. There, you have to clean up. I'm sure after them. I'm not saying it costs five grand to clean up after them after the crowds, but you do have to put a little effort into it, and a little, they have to probably pay a little bit also when you get through. So, I mean, they're you're, they're just running it out to you. And if you're a little FC though, that's that's a, that, I mean that's a kick in the butt, man. I mean it's just you're making some nice crowds and you're not making really much jack off it, which does disappoint me because. I know they've done well. I know you're pumped about them. 
And with this kind of deal, I just find it hard for them to continue very far into a in, in, in the past, maybe not only one season, but maybe even two or three seasons. As a team or as, as playing a franchise? Oh, I mean, you're not going to make any money. I mean, where do you, you're going to have to move somewhere. Well, here, here's, and you, you're not wrong in thinking that, but there, there, there is other sides to this coin. Uh, one, they had to basically play in, in Louisville Slugger Field because the USL doesn't allow uh, their teams to play in high school stadiums because there, that. there are some big, there are some big high school stadiums in Louisville where that maybe could have been a better option. Uh, they looked at playing. Have we torn down Cardinal at, Stadium yet? Uh, they they uh, they've torn down parts of it. They yeah. looked at playing at Lynn Stadium, Louisville's new soccer stadium, really nice. Uh, but that only seats around five thousand, and that's you know that's people being shoulder to shoulder. Um, and, and if this team wants to grow and get more fans, they, they need as much room as they can get, not try to to dwindle down numbers. So they couldn't play there. Uh, so Louisville Slugger really was their only choice. And, and the Bats, from what I've heard, were reluctant to let Louisville City play. But when you sweeten the pot as much as th- that pot was sweetened, uh, anybody's going to take that deal without a doubt. And, and the Bats attendance haven't, hasn't suffered uh, all that much. I think they're down maybe 300 people a game. So the plan here is, Trevor, and, and Louisville's mayor, Mayor uh, Greg Fisher, has told me and several other people that if the attendance for Louisville City FC games are 5,000 or more for the next two years, for the first two years, uh, Louisville will look into or, or start the process of building a soccer-specific stadium somewhere downtown. Now, the Courier-Journal article said that they're already starting to take some steps in doing that. Uh, they've thought about some possible locations. Surprisingly, I heard Portland could be a possible location as they try to revitalize that. Uh, that's the next part of town they're, they're looking to, uh, to work into. So it'll be interesting, but they're, you're, you're probably right to the point where they're going to have to get a new stadium or do something, or they're going to they're going to have to figure something out at Louisville Slugger Field. Um, and also the USL said by 2020, they are going to enforce all their, their teams play at soccer-specific stadiums, as there's a few who don't. So I don't, I don't mean to be negative. They'll have to do that. I don't mean to be negative, Nancy, here, but they, listen, until I see groundbreaking for a brand-new soccer stadium, then I'll believe it. it the, having the mayor tell me, I'll look into it, that that's 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 a blow off answer right there. That's that's when you go up to your mom and like, mom, can I can I uh, have a thousand dollars for my allowance? We'll think about it. I'll look into it, little TJ. You can go go play. We'll think about it. Well, I, well, me and your dad will talk about it later. I mean, that that's come on. You, that's that's a blow off answer by 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 a politician. Uh, how's that a blow off answer? I'll look, uh, I'll I mean, look was, into it. No, come, well, you look into it. The, yes the look, or no? The look into it. No, the look into it, uh, that was that was my mistake. He said that they were going to do it if they got 5,000. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have the power to build one just by himself, but he said that they will do it. Again. It wasn't a look into it. That was that was my, that was just me saying that. Well, I, I, and I'm saying this, and, and I, listen, I, I'm not trying to be the, the, the soccer hater in the room because, you know, I'm a, a novice fan, but I, I would love to see them succeed at the little SC, that, that being who I'm talking about, obviously. But until I see actual groundbreaking a guy with a shovel, and a couple porta potties for construction crews. I'm, I, I, that's not, that's when I'll believe that they would, they would build a Louisville soccer stadium for a Louisville, Louisville minor league or professional league of any kind soccer team. 
Well, fair enough. And, and you yeah, know, tell them to take Louisville's football team to get a damn stadium. And that's Louisville I can, football. I can, I can understand. I can understand what you're saying there. Uh, but I, and I would normally I'd agree with you. But with the possible MLS looming and an expansion in the MLS and maybe starting a franchise in Louisville. That would be the kick in the butt the city would need to to make it happen. Now, if it turns out the MLS is going to add six more teams and Louisville isn't one of those six, and they say that they're not going to op- be open to expansion anytime soon, well, then maybe you're right. I mean, maybe that would be the the kiss of death where uh, things wouldn't work. But as long as you've got that possible MLS and expansion hanging over Louisville's head, uh, the the stadium talks better get get going and getting kicked into gear. We need to head to commercial break. There, we need to get. We're, we're finished with soccer for this first segment uh, for for the show. Uh, spend a good thirty get thirty two minutes talking about it. So plenty of basketball news to talk about. It'll be back uh, in four years, people. So yeah, we'll we'll lead another. We'll lead the show with soccer in four years. Only a joke. It's it's here to stay, guys. Uh, but we will come back with some basketball, some football news. Fourth uh, of July happening should be a good time. So stick around here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. T.J. Walker. Well, see you later. On 1450, the Sports Buzz. We're back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. Trevor, did you have a nice 4th of July weekend besides watching the United States dominate Japan? Uh, I did. Uh, I had a good 4th of July. I woke up, uh, watched a little Independence Day, which was being run as a 24-hour marathon, like the Christmas story on Christmas Eve on AMC. Watched an episode of that, then I got to watch Rudy, which, I mean, how that doesn't pump you up, I don't know what would. And then I watched a little bit more uh, Independence Day off and ons between commercials, and then went and had some barbecue, hung out with some friends, lit off a ton of fireworks, unlike some professional athletes, realized to let go of the firecracker when I lit it, and then uh, went home and uh, fell asleep from having too much food in my belly. Well, that sounds that sounds like a nice 4th of July. I, I, was, I was down at the lake, I enjoyed it with a lot of family and it was great enjoyed it i was only on a boat for about 30 minutes the weather was pretty bad down there but i was able to play a little golf uh so enjoyed that and then of course like i mentioned on thursday did did the bambi walk Uh, it was it was disappointing not because i I, well it was disappointing because we didn't make it as far as we were hoping but no not because we got way too drunk uh or had too many drinks Trevor, it was raining all night, and the, the group of people we were with, and it was a smaller crowd than we normally have. I think we probably only had maybe around 50 people, uh, but the majority of those people didn't want to get caught in the rain, so they tried to time it from bar to bar. So we, we, were, so we were probably spending 45 minutes in bars, uh, made it to a Kiko's, and that's when we were ready to, to, to pack it up and go home and, and get out of the rain altogether because although people try to time the rain, uh, everybody, there was no timing it. If you walked outside, you were getting, you were getting wet that night. I so. thought about looking for you. I was, I was out in Barcelona area Thursday night around 11 30, 12. And, uh, a, there was nobody on the road on, on Barcelona. I mean, it, it was still sprinkling at the time, but 
there was uh, really nobody out on the road walking around. I thought about texting you to see if you were if you were anywhere near where I was. I was going to stop by, maybe have beer, but then I just, I, what can I say? I was high and forgot. You should have, uh, you should have, uh, you should have texted me. At that point, we were probably getting close to, to packing it in, but um, it was, it was still fun, even though we were, we were at, the, we didn't go as far as we normally did and spent more time hanging around. It was kind of a, a two drink per bar sort of deal with what we had could, going could, on. Could we but have gotten was, a more perfect situation where it, it, I know it sucks that it rained Thursday and Friday. Which didn't suck completely for me because uh, the the baseball game I was supposed to work got rained out, so I actually got Friday off instead of working. You know, I hung out here for a couple hours until the news came. But it raining so much Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, just beautiful. I mean, I, I know you. I guess you said it, maybe the weather where the it's lake where you were wasn't as great, but I mean, here it was. You couldn't have asked for a better Fourth of July Saturday. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah, not unfortunately not where we were. Uh, it, I know. I heard all about the perfect weather, and uh, it sounded like a good day to be in Louisville. I was still, I was still happy with what we did. Um, Louisville City FC had a, a record crowd of, of around 8,300 people, uh, which is exciting stuff, and, and hopefully we can get more good weather uh, this upcoming week. You know who who probably didn't have a great 4th of July weekend, besides obviously the, the Japanese, uh, but you know who else, Trevor? Uh, I'm assuming his initials are JPP. Um, well, you're right about that. I, I, that's not who I was thinking of. Uh, I don't, because I don't, I don't know. Blowing up your hand and losing uh, sixty million dollars is a pretty bad weekend for me. Yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul. If you hadn't heard, uh, had some terrible burns on his hand and on his on three fingers. He didn't blow anything up, uh, but bad enough burns that th- they think there could be some nerve damage. He blew up that um, franchise-tendered contract the Giants gave him. Yeah, he did. He's a, a defensive end for for the Giants, and um, yeah, he didn't he didn't have a uh, a great Fourth of July playing with fireworks. You think when you get older, you you stop. Uh, you, you stop doing silly things like that. Uh, it wasn't also a great weekend for, for Andrew Corliss, uh, who that whole story, Trevor, for my Green Bay Packers is interesting. He was down in Miami, Florida around 5 in the morning, which nothing good happens at that time. Nothing good happens past 2 a.m. Um, but he's down in Miami. He was in, a group of, he was in a car with a group of people. They were talking to girls. The girls, I guess, weren't interested in what they had to say. So, from my understanding of reading the police report, Andrew Corliss fired a gun to scare them. He fired one shot into the air and then one shot into the ground. He wasn't aiming at them. Uh, He just, I guess, wanted to show that he had a gun and it was loaded. So, he shot one into the air, one into the ground. Obviously, the cops were were called. He goes, runs to a hotel uh, or a, a, a storefront that has some bushes in front of it. I saw a picture of it, and uh, there was nothing but palm trees, so I don't know exactly what happened. But he tried to hide from the police by hiding behind one of the trees and burying the gun in the soil. Uh, not a good Fourth of July weekend for him, Trevor. What? What more? What, I mean, I, I just—I'd love to be inside the brain, <laughs> just just for like thirty seconds, just to see the 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 the, the wheels flowing around and where. Listen, Pierre Paul blowing up his hand, blowing up his contract, and burning his hand severely. By lighting fire, I mean that's stupid. That, I mean that's that's utterly dumb. I mean, I mean even my even my, even ten year olds know to, to throw down the M eighty once you light it. I mean, or if you're just don't even mess with them sometimes. You know what? Just like when you don't drive home you're drunk, if you're an athlete, 
Pay someone else to blow their hand up and throw firecrackers and enjoy it. But to fire off a gun, I mean, at what point, I mean, have you not learned anything from, I mean, at all over the last few years if you're Steam Quarrels? I mean, what, 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 or Andrew Quarrels, excuse me, what, what's going through your head? That's what I just want, that's what I want to know. I mean, what, are you trying to impress her by, by our, I mean, you said you're trying to scare them maybe, I mean, by shooting a gun in the air? What, do you think nothing can happen? What do you think the bullet lands? Do you think it goes into space? I mean, it could easily fall and hit somebody. And so you decide, okay, the second shot, let's fire it into the ground. Not that that's really any much of a better solution to do anything in terms of firing the gun. And you're going to hide behind a tree and put it in the ground? I mean, what are you, 12? What, did you get caught stealing a Snickers bar from the local convenience store? I mean, come on. Seriously? Did you, if, I would, he, if he gets cut, I'm not going to feel one bit, a bit of pity for him. Well, Green Bay is, is is known for their no nonsense for the most part uh, when it comes to this sort of thing, and also the NFL is going to have a say uh, with some disciplinary action for Corliss. He, he's um, a, a relatively important part of the Packers, and uh, I would imagine that probably alcohol was a factor, maybe in his decision making that night. You you at least hope so. Oh, you're going to go out drinking, so let's take the 45 caliber gun with us. Yeah. We're going to go out and drink, have a good time. Let's take a forty-five caliber gun with us. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, even even if you even if you are drinking and that's your decision-making process, you 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 need some help. Uh, sadly, he also has a kid, which is just scary to think that somebody that's doing that kind of thing can, plays can be in the raising. NFL. They all have kids, dude. Come on, can, can raise can be raising a child, and also just a, a, you know, it's very 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 fortunate nobody got hurt. But a funny thing about this is the fact he tried to hide from the police behind some a tree potentially or some brush. He's six foot five, six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds. Well, what kind of tree uh, was it? Yeah, I mean, what <laughs> was, wait, was, was it a pine tree? Was he in Northern Cal? <laughs> yeah, was he in Northern California? Nah, Northern California hiding behind some of those big trees, those three hundred year old trees. I guess it was a palm tree since they were in, down in Miami area, which. I mean, you're not even skinny enough to hide behind a palm tree. No, I, no, you, you'd have to be maybe a child to be able to hide behind a palm tree. Well, that's good uh, because that's the, the mindset he had going into that entire evening. Was that of a child? Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, so he didn't have a good Fourth of July weekend. Uh, Pierre Paul, obviously, not a good Fourth of July weekend. And I got to bring this up because I, I've seen people uh, talking about it and. and I need to I need to mention it. So Drew Barker probably didn't have a, a great Fourth of July weekend because last night during the Japan United States game, he he tweeted. And this was after a few of the goals. He said, "This is for Pearl Harbor." Hashtag USA, uh, which is just another. If this was any other athlete at the University of Kentucky, it's a mistake. It's a dumb thing to do. You probably need to delete it and apologize for it and, and get some and get a history lesson. Uh, but the fact it's Drew Barker, it just shows it's another, it's another mistake in a long line of doing stupid things. This is where Drew Barker needs to learn the difference between a joke you text and a joke you tweet. Okay, that that's something you want to text to to friends. So text it, maybe even a couple friends, whatever, and they and they, you, they might you know like oh yeah. You know, you don't tweet that. That's the one. Those are the, that's something a lot of the, the younger generation doesn't understand. There's a line between texting and tweeting. If you text something, you can obviously deny, it, and it's not going to usually come out public anyway, especially if it's amongst friends. But you tweet it; it's out there, and it's out there for good. Well, and hopefully, you 
And clearly, I, 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 I mean, I don't see any tra- problem with it, but I understand where people might get at it. Trevor, I understand jokes. And, and it, this, you know, you should never compare a, a war in which millions of people died um, to a soccer match and people were doing uh, that, that. It's happened a lot. And there was times where Pearl Harbor was trending. I, I mean, it's just really dumb. People should think before they tweet things out like this. And, it, and, and Drew Barker is 19, 20. So, like I said, if it was anybody else, it's not a big deal. You know, it's a mistake, and it's stupid, and you should probably know better. But if you don't, then you'll learn from your mistakes. But it's just another another thing that Drew Barker can put to his resume of bonehead decisions. Uh, at least this one's, this one's pretty far down the, uh, the chain of command in terms of bonehead Barker decisions, though. I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't put yes. this. I wouldn't put this above getting into a bar brawl in Eastern Kentucky, or nor put it above being caught on camera being knocked out like by Debo in in a dorm room in Eastern Kentucky. I wouldn't put it up. I wouldn't put it above those. It's a. It's a. And it's, I don't. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just again. I'm not have the the politically correct barometer to to probably judge something. But uh, I mean, it doesn't seem too. I mean, there could be a lot of worse offensive things he could have said, even though it may be not something he shouldn't have said. No, wait, no, he definitely shouldn't have said it. Let's make that clear. Okay, it's, it's, right. not a, it's not whether you have to debate whether or not he should tweet this out. Uh, y- you know, even if you think that's funny, you have to at least know it's it could be wrong or it could be taken. Um, it, it could offend people. And, uh, you know, I, I've talked about how easily offended our country gets nowadays, but this is still stupid. You don't compare something like that to a sporting event. It's just, it, it, it's, it's in, certainly in poor taste. And like I said, Kids will make mistakes. People will tweet stupid stuff out. I've done that. I've made some – when I was in college, I made some mistakes on Twitter. Even when I was working at Rivals, I, I don't know if anything to the degree of what Drew Barker tweeted out, but uh, it happens, and you live and you learn. But like I said, it's just another thing. Uh, Trevor, you already made it clear that you think that this isn't nearly as big as a deal as some of the other issues, and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that, although I do think this is maybe a, a bit more serious than you do. But if you're stoops – do you what do you say to him it does is this another strike against him where maybe if he messes up one more time he could potentially get kicked off the team what uh, if you're mark stoops what do you say to to this young man after another another mistake i don't say a word i walk i walk into his dorm room i just sit down right in front of him and i smack him across the face with my bare hand oh. and just say dude and just walk out don't even say one word just walk up to him look him right in the eye he knows why you're there and just smack him like like you would start like you were like inviting him to a duel in the eighteen hundreds. Just smack him directly across the face. Stand up and walk right out. That's exactly what I would do to Drew Barker. Well, you certainly can't do that if you're a coach. But I, I understand the sentiment of it that uh, you can't take this sort of thing lightly. I would, without a doubt, tell him get off social media. Everything, get off of it. If and if you if you get to choose, either you be on social media and, and go play football elsewhere, or you can play here at UK. Because it's very clear with Drew Barker, nothing's good gonna is going to come out of social media with him, and maybe he makes that sacrifice uh, because he's kind of lost that privilege, in my opinion. Uh, and also, I would probably make it clear to him, yeah, this isn't as big as a deal as some other things. It's not as bad as walking around campus with a with a toy gun. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. This guy's list of of, of no nos has already gotten to the point where I'm forgetting about things. Yeah, and he, so and this, he started like, a damn game yet. <laughs> and you're right that 
this doesn't add up to that, but you, you put it all together, and it, like you, like we said, it's a long list. So I would I would make it very clear to him if your name is in the news again for anything negative, uh, you're you're gone. I think you give him more. Again, I don't think this is enough to kick him off the team. I don't think it would be in any circumstance. But I just tell I, I would let him know you shape up and you're on your best behavior, or else you're going to play football somewhere else because it's just constant, constant, constant where you can't even focus on uh, on developing as a better football player because everybody's talking about the stupid stuff you do off the field so i'd give him one more strike and that's it and, and it's maybe a shame that he wasted a strike on a on a stupid tweet uh wouldn't kinda, this be strike four according to the list though or is this, is this a foul tip <laughs> this would be a foul this would be a foul tip okay. on on strike two all right. This be, that's a good way to put it, Trevor. This would well, be a foul tip on strike two. Well, this would be a second a foul tip, I guess, because he's already we, we named three things that were strikes, or did, did one of them was one of them. Well, a, the bar a, the bar fight was. I'm I'm pulling that into one. Okay. Well, into the same into being knocked out in the dorm room or dorm facility. Yeah, that was all the same. That was all the same night. So one could be like uh, right outside the black on a ball, and then the other the other two were strikes, and this was a foul tip. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, I'd give him really, uh, you, and you're right. You make a good point, Trevor. He hasn't started a game yet, and it's very clear that Patrick Tolles is ahead of him. And Patrick Tolles is being ranked as uh, one of the top five underclassmen quarterbacks on ESPN. Uh, I remember Dan Wolken. He covered the Mississippi UK game last year. Talked about how Patrick Tolles is going to be an NFL quarterback or a quarterback that's going to get drafted in the NFL. So he has kind of taken the reins of the future at quarterback. Uh, for U- for UK football moving forward, where Pat, where Drew Barker had a ton of hype, as you've mentioned, you like to think that UK centered a Super Bowl commercial around him, uh, which they did not quite do that. But he was yeah, he's on he the was, front of the group. <laughs> he was in yes, he he was you know they they definitely were trying to promote uh, him and and some of the other incoming freshmen and some of the other talented young players, uh, and people were excited about him. And he's done nothing but cause trouble. So you give him one more shot. Ironically, the Super Bowl adds the best time on camera. He said it wasn't embarrassing. You're not you're not wrong about that. Uh, so you hope he figures it figures it out. Like I said, the tweet's not that big of a deal, but just given everything else, you can't be doing that stuff. It wasn't, more, gotta, it wasn't more embarrassing than the actual Pearl Harbor movie. You, you've got to uh, you've got to uh, I I haven't seen that movie even probably. When did, when did it come out? 2001? Something along those lines? Yeah, that was one of the ones I almost watched. I, I think I did walk out of the theater near the end of it eventually. I just gave up. Uh, when 2001 is when it came out. Uh, I haven't seen that movie since 2001, so I couldn't tell you if it was bad or terrible, but I guess since I haven't seen it since then, <laughs> I'm not too eager. And speaking of Drew Barker and that incident in Eastern Kentucky, uh, the Eastern Kentucky has reinstated those two players because they had taken... Uh, measures into their own hands or took care of business. Uh, Colton Scurry and Patrick Graffy, who once played at Kentucky, uh, are both reinstated on the team. I find it kind of hard to believe you can you can reinstate Patrick Graffy after that. Yeah. Uh, but at, at least Kentucky, yeah, and you just let them slide. You're EKU. Yeah, I mean that's sadly probably the the case. Um, and then also you have video of, of Florida State's quarterback DeAndre Johnson hitting a woman. Directly in the face. Uh, I haven't seen this video yet. Is it bad? It's really, really bad. It's painful to watch, and I, I think everybody should watch it because I think that needs to get out there. I think everybody needs to know what kind of person DeAndre Johnson is and and have that in the back of your mind that people actually do that, uh, not only athletes but just 
punks all over. And, and I, you know, I'm not promoting violence, but I think De- DeAndre Johnson, uh, his college football days are likely over. And um, I noticed him trending along with uh, Manny Ginobili, yeah, it, and it's really bad. And here's a it's question really I have: bad. Why is hashtag Happy Birthday Ashton trending when his birthday was February seventh? Um, I don't know, Trevor. I'm just kidding. Did, did he do something that I don't know about? I mean, is he still relevant? I thought he quit being popular when he took Charlie Sheen's spot on the, the TV show. I, I, you know, I can't tell you. That's I, I, I don't have an answer for you, unfortunately. Okay. I'm just wondering why it was uh, trending for a birthday that was four months ago. But you, you bring up some good points. We need to, should we, do we need to have a commercial break now or should we wait till the five o'clock hour? Hey, it's your show, man. I'll leave it up to the producer. Uh, let's go. We got a couple more minutes. I got a question. And, right. and with that, let me. I have a question for you. Sure. Would, would you take ten and a half million dollars less to win a championship? <laughs> uh, no, I would not. <laughs> well, it's who, who are you the Spurs, you're not. You're not David West. David West. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this right across. It's also trending right above uh, Marcus Saul, who signed earlier when we came on here for a five-year max deal, hundred and something million. Right above uh, Manu National Fried Chicken Day is uh, trending David West, who did take a $1.4 million deal. Left my Pacers. I'm a little heartbroken over this. I'm a big fan of David West, and I guess you might as well go in and put me out of my misery like old Yeller since you've already traded my favorite Roy toy to L.A. for absolutely nothing. But uh, West leaves $12 million on the table from the Pacers and takes $1.4 million to go play for the Spurs. Now, I probably want to even play as much being a backup role. Now that they've already signed Lamarcus Aldridge, more likely will be used during the season to give Aldridge and Wet and Duncan games off on those you know those wonderful Tuesday trips to Milwaukee. That, uh, in that circumstance, I don't think I, I would give up that money for a championship. Uh, but then again, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to live in in Indiana. Um, so I hey, now I, we're I, I'm I in Indiana you. right now. Now come on, be nice. hey, there's there are some there are some good parts of Indiana, Trevor. <laughs> And, and where the station is is great. I've got family in Indiana, uh, but but what does that say about the Pacers and their franchise? Well, the Pacers wanted him to leave. I mean, it wasn't if that was he was just rejecting the Pacers, and they were like, "Please, please, we want you to come back." Pacers were willing to let him go. And I think it was also kind of a a good part of him. They wanted Roy Hibbert not to opt in either. That's why he got traded to Lakers instead of being able to sign somewhere else. Is because Roy Hibbert, on the other hand, said. You know, David, hey, I get that. You're 37 years old. You've made millions and millions of dollars. You can probably buy half the block around Xavier University where you went to school. But, you know, I'm I'm not going to make – no one's going to give me $15.5 million next year. And you know what's probably going to make give you 12. But I'm only 28. I want to make as much money as I can until – so when I'm 37, like you, I can turn down $10 million to win a championship. So I'm glad for Day West. I hope he gets the ring. Day West is one of the more underrated players in the league, an old school throwback guy. I think he's tell you, not only that, does it just help the Spurs? I mean, the Spurs I can't imagine not being the clear cut favorite right now to come out of the West. They are in my mind at least. I agree. Oh, they they have to be. I mean, they're 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 loading up. Uh they they still you know, you have to think that they weren't maybe far off from competing this past year, and they obviously won the NBA championship the uh, the year before that. Uh, they, so they obviously those pieces are getting older, but now they're bringing in some new guys, and they're also uh, some of their young guys are, are starting to grow into bigger roles. Danny, without a doubt, Danny Green took a contract probably twenty million less than he could have gotten from somewhere else, and came back and resigned for forty five million. I don't, think, I don't think it's crazy to say that they would be the NBA 
title favorites. I think you'd no. put them over the Cavs right now. Uh, yeah, I would. would you? I would put them over the Cavs, and I would. In this case, I would still put them over Golden State. Golden State. Because I'm not trying to down Golden State, but Golden State also got very lucky last year because one, they didn't have to play the Clippers or or San Antonio because one of those two knocked each other out. And on the other hand, every round after the first round, every team they played had nothing but injury problems. You had the, you got into Houston where you had Patrick Beverly out, which was obviously a big problem for them. The second round, you had Mike Conley with a broken face for the first half of the series. Second half, you lost Tony Allen. I mean, and then you get to Cleveland in the finals, and they don't they lose Irving. They don't have Love. I mean, they've got. I'm not. I don't want to say they they fell backwards into a championship or got lucky to win it because they didn't. They were a good team. But everything went – every domino fell in order for them to have a better chance to win a championship. Spot on. Good points. Uh, we need to head to commercial break now, top of the hour. We will be right back, and we are going to talk about some positive U.K. recruiting notes. Uh, well, positive and negative, I guess. It, it, it's not – I wish it, it, there was more good news, uh, and there's some, so we'll get to that. Hang around here on 1450 The Sports Bus. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here at 1450 in the Sports Buzz, and I feel like sometimes, Trevor, when I explain stuff to you, I've got to explain it like I would to a grandparent, but Louisville is live on Snapchat today. Do you have any idea what that means? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> All right, I, I've explained this uh, before. Snapchat, what they're doing is they'll, they'll go to events and they'll let you post your Snapchats when you're at that event, and then random people from all over the world can watch people's Snapchats at that event, and they they. They synchronize it together. There's somebody working at Snapchat Studios that put them all together and decides which ones go on what, um, and they know where you are with the, where your location is, so you can't say that you're at an event and not because they'll 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 base it around the location so, of, so of what. So someone's lone job is to sit like in front of a computer and like just basically troll through all these constant Snapchats and putting them in order. That isn't you. You think a postal worker wants to go insane? That would drive me postal. Well, here's the thing. I wonder how many scandalous pictures they will get. I mean, they, how, many, how many do you think they, they like, oh, wow, I can't put this out there, but let's move this. Let's drag this over to my <laughs> personal file, and then I have this a little later on tonight. Yeah. So somebody <laughs> is doing that. So they, they started doing it at events, but for probably the last few months, every day they've been going to a new city across the world, 
And today they've stumbled upon Louisville. So it's basically just like a day in the life of somebody living in Louisville. Uh, to be honest, Louisville is not showing, uh, it's not looking like Louisville is a super fun place to live based on the snaps. But it is kind of disappointing that they're doing a game or, uh, a day a Monday. They're doing Louisville's day on a Monday because any city can look bad on a Monday. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, unless it's, well, I mean, like New Orleans, the Monday of Mardi Gras. I mean, maybe, maybe, well, maybe then, yeah. or maybe, if, you know, if it's the, you're in the city where the, the NCAA championship game is going to occur on Monday, maybe then. But yeah, for the most part, I agree. Yeah, everything's going to look, I mean, it's Monday. It's a, it's a Monday after a holiday weekend, nonetheless. Where everyone's hungover, they don't want to be where they want, where they have to be. They don't want to. They, they're just kind of dragging along. Uh, you're you're spot on. Uh, so some of the things on the the Snapchat story featuring Louisville, uh, they went to Colonel. Somebody was at Colonel Sandler, Sanders' grave. Somebody else was eating fried chicken because it's National Fried Chicken Day, supposedly. Although I'm I ha- I'm skeptical. Hey, it's trending uh, on Twitter, had- but then again, so is Ashton Kirsten's birthday, so I don't know. Somebody else was eating a hot brown. Uh, they were walking on the walking bridge. Somebody was driving downtown, and there's a bunch of construction. <laughs> Somebody else was was walking in one of the parks in Louisville. So that's just been some of the things that they've shown on the Snapchat to, to represent Louisville. No, no Again, Churchill Downs, no those. Hor- oh, there those- was there. Yeah, there was Churchill Downs. Oh, you're actually, yeah, yeah. I had forgotten about these. Uh, there was Churchill Downs. They did have somebody on a horse. One of the trainers on a horse. What, uh, what about those fake track, horses which, that are around Louisville in front of businesses? Do they have a couple of those on there? No, they do not. Uh, they also had Louisville's basketball team, I guess, was doing some some summer pickup games, and they had a live look in at their locker room getting ready. And also they had uh, somebody on Louisville's football team, maybe a manager of some sort or an, a, a grad coach or something along those lines, walking out into Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. So Louisville's re- is getting represented pretty well. On on the Snapchat, what would you? What else would you like to see, Trevor? Uh, if I was going to Snapchat the things that you didn't include, wow. Um, I guess Fourth Street Live, possibly. It's not my cup of yeah. tea, but uh, yeah. it's something I'm sure they'd want to like promote. Uh, the Yum Center, obviously. I don't know you, if that is cornered into the same basketball talk as long as Papa John Stadium. Um, I'd like to see old Cardinal State just for nostalgia reasons. I mean, that's just a personal reason for me. I know the rest of the country doesn't care, but I mean, hell, what the hell else are we going to show, really? Um, you know, I mean, maybe Bargetown Road, a, a, a kind of a a wide span, a span, uh, wide pan uh, picture of that, possibly some part of Bargetown Road. Uh, the, the the some of the old Victorian houses, maybe Crescent Hill area. Uh, some of maybe how about Muhammad Ali's uh, childhood home, which I think they're trying to, if they haven't yet, get a uh, a, a national uh, historical landmark uh, preserve uh, tag put on it, which is one of the shotgun homes, which Louisville has has many of those as well. I think they're right there in terms of the top in the USA in terms of shotgun homes and Victorian homes here in Louisville. Well, you you have some ideas there, Trevor, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you spend thirty years in a, in the same city. Damn, you're bound to find a couple things you can put a picture on. One thing you missed, uh, they should go. Out, they should have somebody playing out of Valhalla and and yeah. shoot some shots up there. There you go. Uh, that's that's one thing I would certainly like to see. Um, but it's still kind of cool just having Louisville, having people from all around the world um, checking in on on Louisville, even if it's maybe a Monday and it's a it's a slow day in the city. All the pictures and video sites just have gone completely out of hand. I mean, you have Instagram, a Snapshot, you have Periscope. I mean. 
It's just, it's, it's too much for me. I, I, I'm just not. I'm grasping Facebook and Twitter, and that's about it. That's where I draw the line in the sand for me. I have no desire to do anything with Periscope. I have no desire to do anything with Instagram. I, I don't even like putting pictures of myself on the two social medias that I do have. And then again, I mean, if you saw me, you can understand why. But I, I just, it's, it's getting, it's too much for me. I, it's, it, no, sorry. Well, the world is, has never been more connected than it is right now. You yeah. can uh, connected. see what no one, no one near each other, but it's connected. <laughs> no, no one, no one goes outside their home, but it's connected. You can see what somebody in any continent at almost any time is doing with some of the apps that you mentioned. Oh, but it's still cool that that Louisville is is featured in on Snapchat. Hey, to, uh, some, to get back go to, on. I want to get back a little bit to UK because this this is I thought of this as I was playing uh, one of the brilliant sound bites uh, from Super Troopers that we heard when we came back uh, with the shenanigans soundbite, which is one of the better sound, one of my favorite clips in the movie, and it just made me think. Is is Drew Barker like the Farva of UK football? Like he's the he's the guy doing evil shenanigans. Like you have the rest of the guys pulling some innocent pranks, like going up to you know somebody and saying meow, and here's Drew Barker running up to a car and calling him a chicken bleeper. You know, I just, I just I have a feel it's like that's how the Kentucky players almost look at him. Like he's the Farva of UK football. He's the guy that gets the it's a it's a it's a facility event and runs up to Bob uh, to Mark Stoops and goes open bar, dude. Like runs away and grabs a beer. Well, in all seriousness, it would be tough for his teammates to kind of, I would think it'd be tough for them to respect him at this point. I think that's something you have to earn not only on the field, and that's probably more important, but also off the field. You know, you can't constantly constantly be in, in negative headlines after negative headlines and then come onto the practice field and have people respect you because they're going to think, this guy's an idiot. He's, and he's Barva. That's what he it, is. And you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know him personally. I he's uh, he he went to the Rivals Five Star Challenge, which the best players in the country do, uh, and he gave us probably an hour of his time to to do interviews with him. So he seemed uh, he seemed really nice. He seemed bright at the time, uh, but he's he's kind of falling in, into the traps of what normal college kids do, which is okay because Trevor, you and me did it. But we also weren't representing an entire athletic program, so <laughs> All I, the only thing people I embarrassed was the uh, representatives of Lone Star Steakhouse and Bowling Green when I made the antics I did. But some some positive news for UK football landed a huge uh, huge recruit in Cash Daniels uh, from from Paintsville on Saturday on on Fourth of July. Decided he wanted to make his announcement to Kentucky, picking the Cats over South Carolina and Louisville. Uh, big get for for UK and I used to do football recruiting along with basketball recruiting did a little bit of both uh, but I went back to my old football recruiting days and watched some video of cash and UK is getting a good one uh, another in-state kid so he, he's gonna he, he's gonna stay committed I know a lot of people are a little bit worried about all the young the uh, the decommitments from last year cash will cash will stick with Kentucky no ifs ands or buts about it uh, and he's going to be an inside linebacker, most likely for UK. He's a guy that's going to be able to come in in day one and play. I don't know if they'll redshirt him. Obviously, they have a lot of time to figure that out. But I, I would guess that they're not. And not only would they not redshirt him, he could play a significant amount his freshman year because he is he's about as close to college ready as you'll get from the guys committed to Kentucky right now. He's not a project by any sense of the word. 
and uh, Justin Rowland has been following him and, and watching a lot of his tapes as well. And uh, he agrees with that sentiment. Um, he is uh, the good thing about Cash Daniels is he won't miss a tackle. And if you're a Kentucky football fan, you think back at the last 10 decades and it almost seems like missed tackle after missed tackle after missed tackle. Uh, the, the Mississippi State game last year, there was that play where UK missed eight tackles in one play. Cash Daniel, you don't have to worry about him missing tackles. Uh, he's just a very solid linebacker. He does the right thing. Uh, he won't, he's not, he's not, he's not going to be the fastest defender on the field. Uh, but if he does get to you, uh, he's not going to let go and he's going to be able to bring you down. So that's another huge get for Kentucky. Um, they're they're knocking on the door of top 10 recruiting class right now. And again, I, I've talked about momentum with soccer. I'm going to talk about momentum with, with UK football. It continues to roll. This recruiting class is looking like it could be the best one in UK football history. If UK football can bring that into the season and then stop having Drew Barker do silly things, uh, Kentucky's football program is, is is taking more steps forward than they are backwards. So that's the good news for UK, Trevor. And the better news is that you have a guy named Cash Daniel on your roster. I mean, can you get a better? I mean, that's a, that's a that's an awesome name to me. I mean, it's, the guy's name is Cash. I mean, that that sounds like the name you give the character of the linebacker in any given Sunday too. I mean, that just doesn't sound like a real name. And the fact he has kind of an attitude. I don't. I don't want to. Obviously, I don't want to use word attitude because it might be mistaken that I'm comparing him in a similar basis as Drew Barker who has attitude, but. The, the fact that he's already going to start talking a little trash, a little, little you know, he's going to put his money where his mouth is, so to speak. You know, I, I, I don't mind the guy. You know, I hope he does. I hope he does well. I, you know me, I love a little, little poking fun at the at the rival. I love the trash talk by cash, trash by cash, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, good for him. And again, I love the name. Just the name itself is just, I think, a cool name. Kudos to the mom or dad who came up with that one. And a uh, and, and Mark Until Soups he starts tweeted changing out, the S in his name to a money sign, and I'm going to get annoyed by him. Mark Soups tweeted out, "Great day to play a game of Yahtzee on Saturday when when Cash Daniels committed with a football emojicon, American flag, and a bag of money, which <laughs> definitely could probably be uh, thought of in a different way. But his name is Cash, so that exactly. makes it okay. Can we can we drop the whole Yahtzee crap? That's getting old to me. I mean, come on. Well, it, the, co- the coaches have to have a, a signal. They, they can't tweet out, yay, we got a commitment from Cash Daniel. So they have to have their little their little code way of saying, I know what's going on. I know what's happening. So I'm okay. I'm okay with the Yahtzee thing, and I, I kind of like it. It's I, fun. I thought it was okay when they did it. It wasn't great. It wasn't really mind-blowing. And, and it's now it's just like it's been, what, now three years? It's just still doing it. It's, Come on, dude. Move on, dude. Don't be don't be the old guy in the club with the members only jacket still on in 2010. I mean, just progress. Move on. Do something different. You're you're so bitter. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's fun. I like it. That 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 is here to uh, that that should be here to stay. So and, if Cash and, does money symbols when he gets a sack. Is that considered okay since his name is Cash? And like, I'm, yeah, I'm, he should do the Johnny Manziel. Okay. Well, no, no, don't call it the Johnny Manziel. I mean, come on, that's like Tim Tebow taking praying to his own name, I mean, which is about as blasphemy as you can get. Take a knee and, and take a pray. No, that's the thinker was doing that 200 years ago. Now he called it the Tebow. You know, splashing cash symbols just has been an old tradition in itself. In itself. Don't call it the Johnny Manziel. The don't, finger, give, don't give the, the guy credit. The finger thing is all Johnny. No. The finger, the finger thing is all Johnny. Yeah, he's just the first guy to make that symbol, yeah. I'm sure he all is. All Johnny. All Johnny football right there. Although he doesn't want to be called Johnny football anymore and is trying to move past that money hand symbol. 
Uh, but that was prime Johnny. That was when he was at his best in college, and that was when he was most fun to watch. So I'd be okay with Cash copying that. I don't see an issue with it. Um, and, and a lot of my Louisville friends were saying that he, he's going to be another Kentuckian that doesn't live up to the hype, and they listed a few guys. I, I can make a list that's longer of Kentuckians that, that have done well. Uh, but that being said, um, whether or not Cash Daniels does, I, I imagine that he will. You'll find out soon enough. He won't be a guy where you can just say, "Well, you have to give him time. You have to give him time. Let him, let him, let him work." Uh, you'll find out as soon as he gets on the field because, again, I think he is college ready. I'm not saying he doesn't have a high ceiling. He can obviously get better, but where he's at right now and what he brings to the table, there's no reason why that shouldn't translate over to the next level. Uh, so, the so he will be a guy to be college ready to play right away as a true freshman linebacker. That does. Well, Louisville has had some pretty high high uh, ranking Louisville linebackers they've signed uh, over the last few years, and not even them were, were ready right away game one to play get on the field. And most and a couple of them even registered, and they were like Burgess and Kelsey, and, and I'm drawing a blank on another one. They signed three three top linebackers in one class, and, and most of them I think one ended up playing near the end of the year, but wasn't. I mean, those guys weren't even ready right away. That's a that's a tough task to be thrown right into the mix. As a true freshman in a linebacker position, especially I'm assuming he's middle linebacker, which is the quarterback of the defense. He's a he's an inside linebacker, yeah. and, and you're right, you're right, and especially in the SEC, that makes it even tougher. But I, I'm I'm saying if if UK is short on depth at the linebacker position, and when he when for the 2016 season, uh, he's going to be a guy that that I think could be able to come in and, and provide some. Uh, some valuable snaps on the on the defensive side, and and a guy again, he's not going to miss tackles. Um, he'll only get he'll only get bigger, stronger, and a little bit faster, I'm sure too. So it'll be exciting to watch his career at Kentucky. Uh, not all positive with UK basketball recruiting because there was a UK target. Not that Kentucky was all that deep with him. Uh, that decided that Kentucky is not the school for him. Jonathan Isaac committed basketball. We're, we're switching gears here. Uh, committed to Florida State. And this was a player that UK was interested in, had offered. Uh, he's a five-star number 13 player in the class. He's long. Um, I really liked him. I liked him a lot. And for me, kind of being late to the game to kind of see his tapes. Uh, but he committed to Florida State today. And, and, and while this Kentucky is, didn't even offer him a scholarship, right? I just said Kentucky offered him a scholarship. I'm joking, by the way. Pay attention, Trevor. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I, and, I, and I, I'm telling you how much I like him. I get what you're doing, but this is this is this is classic Trevor trying to throw in his little jabs. Oh come on, you were jabbing me earlier. So he commits to Florida State, uh, and while missing out on him in itself is not that big of a deal because we are in July and it's you know it's early for recruiting for the 2016 class. Uh, the bad news is UK is really running out of of small forward of wing player targets for the class of 2016 because it's not an overly deep class at that position. Uh, so really, it comes down to Jason Tatum, who, if you watched the U- USA U19 team, you saw how good he is. He's unbelievable. Uh, Going to be a top three draft pick when he in the 2000, I guess 16 to that or 2017 draft. Uh, he, he will be a top three draft pick. That's how good he is. Uh, but he's down to St. Louis, Kentucky, Duke, and, and North Carolina, and it certainly doesn't seem like Kentucky leads. They may be last of that bunch of schools. So it's unlikely they get Jason Tatum. That brings up Miles Bridges, who's a small forward. 
from Michigan that plays his his high school basketball in West Virginia for Huntington Prep, um, who's down to eight schools and and says he wants to take an official visit to Kentucky. Really, it's it's bridges or bust for a wing player for Kentucky, which brings up this this big topic that we seem to have almost every year. Why can't John Calipari land wing players? Uh, yes, he got Michael Kidd Gilchrist, but really. That's it at the small forward position during his time at UK. In terms of big name recruits, he missed out on Stanley Johnson. Uh, he missed out on Andrew Wiggins. He missed out on uh, Jalen Brown this year. It just seems like every year he's missing out at the three position. And a lot of people have been asking me, "Is there a reason why?" I think it's just bad. I think it's bad luck. I think it's simply just bad luck that these people are people that didn't want to go to Kentucky, regardless of their position. Um, and for so many of these guys, UK has finished second in their recruitments, or seemingly second. I, I guess you don't know for sure, but it seemed like if it wasn't going to be Kansas, it may have been Kentucky for Andrew Wiggins, if uh, maybe or, or Florida State. They were all in the conversation uh, with Stanley Johnson. He spoke incredibly highly of Kentucky. Really, really liked everything UK had to offer, uh, but Arizona was the better fit for him. Jalen Brown, Kentucky, you know, was at least in the top three, if not the top two. Uh, but wanted to kind of be different, follow his own path, and and go to California, where he actually followed the path of uh, Ivan Rapp, but so not following his path at all. So I don't think there's one specific thing. I don't think people think, oh, Kentucky, they don't do very well with threes, because you look at Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, who goes number two in the draft, but John Calipari has done well with threes, and you look at Darius Miller, you look at DeAndre Liggins, all had their chances in the NBA, uh, and and James Young played three for Kentucky. He's he's a tr- he's actually a two, but you know he gets drafted as well. So I I think it is just bad luck. I guess if you if you if it's not just bad luck and there actually is some negative recruiting going on or recruits are thinking differently about Kentucky, the only way that theory works, Trevor, is if you know John Calipari for the past ten years has been known for his developing of guards. Uh, it was one good guard after another for for quite a few years there. Everybody thought, oh, John Calipari, if you're one of the best point guards in the country, you've got to go play for him. Well, now that has transitioned into also, uh, he's getting a lot of great bigs, really, really good bigs that are that are having success in college and going to the NBA and also having success. So now he's thought of as a, a great bigs coach along with the point guards as well. So if there is a theory why UK isn't recruiting well at three at the three position, it's just because John Calipari can't be a great everything coach. You know, he can't be known to develop great players at every position, and maybe other coaches across the country are using that against him, saying, "Yeah, he's got great, he's got great bigs, and he's had great guards, but name some of his wings that have gone on to the NBA and d- done really good things." You can't because he doesn't focus on wings. So that would be the only, only way where there is an actual theory of it not being bad luck on why Kentucky continues to strike out at the three position. To answer your question, I would say uh, Chris Douglas Roberts and Rodney Carney were both wing players. That he I was had. saying at Kentucky. Yeah, well, and, and again, but speaking of the kind of what you just said at the end, I, I'm sorry, I, you've had a top three recruiting class every year. You've been there. You have numerous number one prospects and, all, and top four players in every almost every other position. Excuse me if my heart doesn't bleed that you can't get a, a, a poor small forward to come there. I'm sorry. I, re- I really do feel bad for you. I feel like I should. It's like donating money to Paul Allen. Well, it is. It is interesting though. 
you know, and I'm not, I'm not uh, Kentucky fans. Again, you should realize how how lucky you all are and how great these recruiting classes are. But it is interesting because there have been holes at that position on these UK teams, several of them, where you'd say, okay, if you had a great three, uh, there's a lot of playing time to be had, and they still John Calipari, probably the best recruiter in college basketball, still is coming up short when he actually has an easy sell. It's not like he has to. Uh, with some of these other recruits, have to say, yeah, you're going to have to share playing time in the backcourt. Yeah, we'll, we'll play you on the front court, but we also have some other guys, so practices are going to be competitive. Uh, the three the last few years, and this year coming up, 2015-2016, you're going to have another huge hole. So it's, uh, it is it is strange, I, but I, I still think it's just bad luck. I think it just so happens that a, a few of these guys that they've missed on the past few years have happened to just play the three position. Um, if if UK can obviously if you got Jason Tatum then you're going to be in the running for one of the top recruiting classes in the country, uh, but that seems unlikely. If you get Miles Bridges though, that's fine. He's uh, he, he's I like him better than Jonathan Isaac probably. Uh, he's a guy who has a big body, that will be the best wing rebounder um, on the maybe in college basketball. Although that remains to be seen because who knows how college basketball will look when he eventually gets to campus. But now it really is uh, UK probably going, going to have to go all in for, for miles bridges. We'll have to see time. will tell. Um, uh, what else did we miss today? Trevor? Uh, Oh, Adidas is one school away from being bankrupt. I saw that they're, they're losing out on Michigan, Michigan switching to a Nike and their basketball is going to wear Jordan, which I actually do like. Here's something that I, as long as they don't go with those, those, those really crappy M block jerseys that them in North Carolina switched to a couple years ago. Those things were hideous. Fair enough. Fair enough. One thing I did miss today and I have to get to tomorrow because I I meant to, I wrote this down. I'm, can't believe I didn't get to it. Is the report that Jamal Murray passed on a seven figure offer to play overseas and decided to go to Kentucky. Which or, or play professionally, I guess maybe it's not overseas. It could have been that team in Vegas, for all I know. Uh, that is very, very interesting, and we're going we're gonna to certainly talk about that tomorrow. So thanks for listening today. Uh, there was plenty to get to. In, in, <laughs> How do you I don't know, know he didn't if take I, a higher seven-figure contract from Kentucky? <laughs> oh, der, der, der. oh, there you go, Trevor. I, I, just waiting for you to do that joke. Way to go, buddy. Uh, I, 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 I think that would maybe cause some... Uh, some red flags, if that was actually the case, uh, Trevor. I don't know how you how you funnel millions and millions of dollars to a recruit. But anyways, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Thanks for listening, Trevor. I know it's only Monday, but I don't know how we're going to do it this week. We'll see you tomorrow, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Show them how Kentucky do Oprah Freaks, Classics, Paint Kentucky Blue They say don't forget 2-7, don't be hitting two So I'll call it blue, grass, so I'll call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Ride from the Ville to BG in my zone Let me hear you say high time, sitting by the river Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life When they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right on oh. Fishing pole in my liquor. Say it's time to take a trip to where the grass is blue and peep how the mid south do.